Hey! You are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our Ramping Isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to grumpyguybjj.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is, this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination, combination of those two vitamins, D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month's supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it. It helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last, but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dijitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dijitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping Isos program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dojitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Three and here we go. Okay, here we are. So, got two microphones in front of us. But we're not actually recording. We're recording on a backup on one microphone. (laughs) The stream you guys are hearing is coming from one microphone. We haven't advanced to the two microphone system yet. I'm testing a new, my, uh, some online software for recording podcasts. I figured I should test as a backup for Grumpy Guy before I use it as a main one for Bike James and find out that doesn't work. something doesn't <laughs> jive. So, uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing. But yes, we do have the two mics and it's fucking hilarious the scene in front of us right now. We've each got our own little computer with a mic. <laughs> it's like we're recording a podcast near each other, right. next to each other. Like we're not with each other, we're next to each other. We just happen to be next to each other. That's right, that's right. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, no, we were talking about looking at getting the two mic thing going and uh, yeah, it's, we, some... you just gotta get a little mixing, little mixing board. Yeah, that they both plug into. Yeah, I'll let you look into it. Yeah, I've been. I was, like I said, I started looking into it, and it's definitely a rabbit hole. Yeah. And then before I wasted any more time, I figured I'd ask you 
Right. But apparently you don't know any more no. than I do, so I got to go down that rabbit hole. Dude, I just got this, the Blue Yeti mic. I'm all pumped on that. I've been recording my podcast with this freaking old ass, like, you know. That little stick Yeah, microphone. the little stick microphone, man. We and used it in the very like first yes, couple episodes. Yes, man. Yeah. I've had a thing forever. And that was an upgrade because I had one that would just plug into your earphone, like the jack. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, you know, the audio quality wasn't super great, so people kept complaining and... It's amazing how people love to point out the poor audio quality on your free information that you're giving out. And so, I did have to admit though that it was getting, alright, I'll get a USB, but I've been riding that USB mic for fucking ever. Well dude, I, like our sound quality is decent, it's not the most high end, you know, we don't have a recording studio and all this shit, but it's it's acceptable, you can listen to it. Like, yeah. You hear, you'll tune into some podcast with real shitty recording quality yeah it's, I can't do it yeah like, yeah. there's some kind of podcast that like it looks like an interesting topic or an interesting person and I'll hit play on it and it is just terrible right and I'm just like alright I'm out no I agree there's there's a there's a decent range but the problem is is God, I remember like early on man like man, I've been doing this podcast thing I, God, I'm trying to remember I think 2009 is when I put my first podcast up so it's going like 10 years I've been putting out podcasts plus and uh, the um, yeah, I got me thinking about how long I've been doing this shit. <laughs> it's quite a long time. Anyways, what the fuck was I saying? I forgot. Uh, sound quality. Oh yeah. So when they were, you know, people started complaining or oh sound quality, and I'm like, you know, I asked for some feedback. Like, well, what kind of podcast are you listening to? And they're like, well, the BBC does a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna. Assume they have some more funds to throw at it, dude. I know. I'm like, oh my god, they dude. might be slightly more professional than this by is James. A hurdle, but that's what happens, man. Like people, you get like NPR, BBC, yeah. and you know, like really highly professionally produced yeah. uh, um, things, whether it's videos or podcasts or whatever it is. And then people are like, that's that's the that's, metric. That's, that's the metric. Good, yeah. Anything less than that, I'm going to complain about. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny. Most people are cool, but it is. It, uh, dude, I get it on YouTube all the time with my Fight James videos because I just record a lot of videos with my phone. Like I'll have an idea because it's it's free fucking info, mm-hmm. man. And the phone... The phone does a pretty good pretty job. Pretty good job, yeah. man. It's not horrible sound quality. It's not like you're... Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's pretty decent. And so, but, you know, dude, at least once a month I'll get somebody who comes on and is like, Oh, this is great info, but your sound quality is terrible. You should get a wireless mic from Amazon. And it's like, oh, dude, I've never. <laughs> wow, thanks. Never thought never of that. Never thought of that. But it's like two things. It's like one, um, this is you're getting free info here, man, right? So you're, you're not paying for it. So I, I believe that your ability to complain is proportional to your investment in said product or service. If you're getting it for free... That's why like, I actually don't like doing things for free. Like I, I want to pay someone to do it because paying you gives me the right to complain. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not paying for it, like I don't have that right. And so uh, again, I can just I can go elsewhere, right? But um, so first, it's like you know I don't see you setting up a fucking GoFundMe page to fund my mic, right? Uh, you're asking me to put money out, and then two. It's, uh, the, what's funny too is that it's not that easy. Again, if you've never done it, you don't know. It's so you, easy you to learn. armchair quarterback yeah, it. Yeah, you gotta learn. So like I have a, somewhere around here, there's a wireless mic that I have bought for my phone. 
And you know what's worse than, you know, kind of all right, not great sound quality? Having the fucking mic cut out randomly for five seconds a few times during the video. That, that's even more frustrating. The sound quality is great when it's on, but then it cuts out, <laughs> you know? And so it's not a perfect system. And well, then I got to go back to like, okay, well, I have, a, I have a real camera and I have a good wireless mic and a good wireless setup. But man, I gotta, it takes, I gotta get it set up. I gotta pull it out, I gotta get it set up, then I gotta pull the file off. And I, it's it, production. It's a little bit of a production. With my phone, I'm like, go, record. It uploads automatically to Google Photos. I can edit it on my phone from Google Photos. I can fucking send it wherever I need to, to do whatever. It's so quick and easy. And, uh, and so again, it's like, the, 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 for the, the free info that I'm putting out there, like, this is okay. This is better because I'm going to do more of it if it's this easy. So, anyways, people just love to complain. Armchair quarterbacks are It's easy everywhere. to do. It is, man. It's easy to do. Everybody's got a voice nowadays, whether they deserve it or not. Everybody's oh, got a fucking voice, man. They do, yeah. I got a good story about that one. So, remember my handlebar? Better than the guy with the stronger bones? No, no, no. The social the, media thing. The Everybody having an opinion. Oh, okay. No, no, no. That, nothing will beat that one. <laughs> that was pretty good. It's like, fuck, dude. Armor. Not quite what we meant by armor. <laughs> Armoring yourself when you lift weights, but that'll work. Um, no, I posted something about, uh, in mountain biking, like wide handlebars, or everybody thinks like, oh, you need wide handlebars for more leverage. And so you got people out there with, you know, fucking 30-inch wide bars. Well, imagine if you didn't, just to kind of put it in perspective, imagine doing a bench press with your hands 30 inches wide. Like, that's a, that's wider than, yeah, it's a little bit wider than that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're getting into the realm of a wide grip bench press. Yep. Right? And besides hitting your outer pec more effectively, um, what is the one... <laughs> you got me thinking, man, I need to go home and do some of those. Right? <laughs> Damn, I haven't been doing that. <laughs> but what, what's one of the characteristics of a wide grip bench press? You can't use as much weight, right? Right? You're not going to max out with a wide grip, and so, um, so anyways, there's some some pitfalls to having your grip get too wide. There's a sweet spot, basically, where uh, you know, again, doing a close grip bench press, like a, is you're going to be weaker with that. You know, we're going to hit those fucking long head of the tricep better. That's right. But I've been doing those, bro. right? So, <laughs> but you know, you're going to be a little weaker. Wide grip, outer pec, a little weaker. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, if anyone's not catching the tongue-in-cheek humor here of the uh, muscle isolation bullshit, um, yeah, please don't take us too seriously. <laughs> Those perfect guys said I could hit my outer pec. <laughs> anyways, so yeah, you, there's a sweet spot where your hands, where you're strongest. Would you agree? Yep, I agree. And so that's what you're looking for. Too wide, no good. Too narrow, no good. You're looking for a sweet spot. And so somewhere along the lines, like wider is better, just started to pervade so that's how you end up with people that with their arms really wide and so I had posted something about um, another thing is wide bars make it harder to lean the bike so it's, it's a geometry problem right because you, your handlebars the ground and your bike form a triangle as you start to lean your bike over to, to corner the bike and this is true for you know motorcycles mountain bikes whatever it is you, it's a triangle that you're forming right yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Handlebars, ground, and your bike are forming a triangle. Yep. Now, if you change the length of one side of that triangle, 
you're gonna change the angles at the other ends of the all the, the angles of the triangle, mm -hmm. yep. right? And so it's a basic geometry problem. As you start to extend the far line, you 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 make the angles they're they're softer, they're less, they're not as you know. And so as you move the the that in, it makes that uh, that that inside angle you're able to get more lean out of it, right? The taller is going to be higher. You lower it, it's going to drop it down. So that inside angle, basically the angle between your bike and the ground, is that inside angle. And so uh, that is going to be less as you decrease the far side of the triangle. Yep. Right? I can picture it. So it's just, it's fucking geometry, man. You know what? You, geometry doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> right? Geometry and physics don't give a fuck about your opinion. Mm -hmm. Like they are what they are, and and uh, so I've made a post on social media about this. Like, look, like you know, wider handlebars make it harder to lean your bike. And I demonstrated with my hands in two positions, and you can clearly see how with my with my arms straightened out the bike is leaned more with shorter handlebars and it's leaned less with longer handlebars. It's fucking geometry, man. It's all, it's there. And I get somebody coming on and just nothing pisses me off worse than me putting together a well-constructed uh, argument with things like science and math and, you know, objective data to help back it up. And then someone comes in and goes, eh, it's all just personal opinion. You, you, you feel that way, so that's how it is. But I don't feel that way, so it's just personal opinion. And it's like, no, it's not. It's fucking geometry, man. An obtuse, an obtuse angle versus an acute angle is not personal opinion. Right, it's not personal opinion. <laughs> an angle's an angle. An angle's an angle. Like, wider handlebars make it harder to lean your bike over. And you get less lean per... You know, effort, effort, yeah, how, how much you pressure. move your arm, right? If I move my arm one inch, I get more lean out of the bike with shorter handlebars than I do with longer handlebars. I have to move my hand longer to get the same amount of lean. Again, it's all just basic fucking, it's math. It's not personal opinion, man. But this is this, but, and then I point this out, like, no, it's not personal opinion. You know, this is math. This is geometry. It doesn't care about your personal opinion. This applies no matter what your... There's a term like our own personal writing quirks, right? Which is usually like fucked up technique that we don't want to address. And uh, and yeah, man, people she gets all offended. It was a girl that was doing it. So of course, you know, girls are not used to like they're like the they're like fucking cows in India. You know, they're like sacred. Like you don't <laughs> girls on social media. You don't you, you know you them. can't right. question them. Right? They are. You know, uh, anyways, and, and so I dared to point out that, like, you're not contributing anything to this conversation. Like, if you think that wider handlebars make it easier to lean your bike, please let me know. You know, otherwise, you're not adding anything to this conversation. And I was like, you know, and personal preference is usually code for I don't want to think about this anymore because it goes against what I think I already know. Like, that's the... <clears throat> That's what it is. It's like, oh, it's just personal preference. That means I don't have to think about this anymore because it really doesn't matter. It's like, no, man, like the world being flat around is not personal fucking preference, <laughs> man. Like vanilla or chocolate ice cream, brunettes or blondes, 
that's fucking personal preference. There's no objective data that you can use to to prove or disprove an opinion on it. When you have objective data that you can turn to, it no longer becomes a matter of personal opinion, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if it's fucking math. It's not like, you know, the social sciences or whatever, where they're studying dog park harassment. And uh, anyway, so yeah, that was, but dude, and then people are like, oh, you know, she comes back and says, why are you such a dick? <laughs> yeah, 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 calls me a dick, right? Starts yes. calling me names. All you said was you're not contributing to this conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm such a dick. You know, social Instagram's here for everybody to share their opinion. I, I never told you not to share your opinion. You know, and it was just, I was just sharing my opinion that you're not contributing your to the conversation. Your opinion is fucking bullshit, exactly. <laughs> I, my opinion is it's not just personal opinion. How about that, right? Now, you're not validating my opinion, okay? <laughs> so, because that's what it is. It's like we all have to validate everybody's opinion. You can't make someone feel bad by making them think that perhaps there's a better way of doing or looking at something than what they're already doing. You have to just pat them on the back and be nice. I think I may have said that too. You're obviously just used to people being agreeing with you to be nice. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then other people are coming on like, oh, that was a dick move. I'm unsubscribing from his emails and his Instagram and, you know, I'm not buying your products now and shit. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like all I did was, you know, I, I actually was funny, man. I come on and I was like, I was like, yeah, hashtag fuck by James. <laughs> It's like that guy's such a dick, always asking people to back up their opinion. Like, what an asshole. With logic and reason. Yeah, man, what an asshole. And so, yeah, some dude, it, it's just, it's funny, man, because it is the problem with social media. And that's one of the things I said too is like, you know, you are entitled to your opinion, but not everybody's opinion is equal, mm -hmm. right? And so, some people pass themselves off as experts and then get super offended and aggressive when that is questioned. And a sign of getting super defensive and aggressive is calling someone a dick. Like, I never called her any names. I never said anything, you know. Derogatory. Derogatory. I just said you're not adding anything to the conversation. If you answer this question, if you if you don't want to answer this question, then you're not adding anything to the conversation. And it's like, how dare you tell me that I'm not at It's like, oh my God. So, dude, it's fucking, it's, yeah, social media is interesting. The but world we live in is interesting. It's a good way to get information out there, man, because there's a lot of other people that, that benefited from it. I, you know, a lot of people liked it. Um, you don't get a lot of people commenting and agreeing because that's going against, like, the herd mentality that wider is better. And, uh, but, um, yeah, that's the thing, man. Like, I do it because the vast majority of people, it's not going to affect because most people aren't interested in what's better. And we've talked about this before. Like, you and I are super outliers like that. Like, you know, we've, something inside of us and through training as well has, we've learned to curb. We were talking about this earlier about like, there's a difference between, you know, getting uh, defensive and getting aggressive. And it's like your initial reaction when you think, when someone's telling you that you're wrong, your initial reaction is always going to be defensive. Because you just think, got a human nature. Yeah, because you think you're right, you know, and, and, and that's human nature. And you get pointed it out to you, you're like, oh, it stings for It stings, man. Like, it stings. And yeah. that, yeah, but the that's where you have a choice. What direction do you go with it? Do you get aggressive with your defensiveness or do you do you question, do you, do you back off and recognize, hey, man, my, my defensiveness and ego may actually be keeping me from seeing something that can help me be better. Like, I don't give a fuck how wide my handlebars are. I want to be riding like a fucking badass. I want to corner my bike easier. And like that's all I'm interested in. 
So I, and, but that's not where most people are at. Like they're not interested in what's best. They're interested in what agrees with what they think they already know. And it just blows my mind, dude. you like, I mean, we have this, you just like fucking anything. It's like, Oh, you shouldn't eat that. That's bad for you. You should eat this. It's better for you. Okay. It's like, <laughs> What are we doing, man? So, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I wanted that was something I wanted to bring up today was uh, the Impossible Impossible Burger. Oh, Have you been following this? dude, I, you know, I've, I've seen the commercial. It's terrible. Like the only redeeming value of a Big Mac is the fact that it has some fucking protein in it. Right. And, and then, yeah, dude, so I, yeah, I brought this up. Like, let's see. I looked it up and I screenshotted. Um, I had to, I look, I, did I look up the ingredients? I may have, I may have got rid of that because it Dude, it's terrible. Like, it's, it's not fucking good for you. No. And then, you know, and they kind of, sh- Rob Wolf started uh, stirring up a lot of shit about it. Because there was a study that, that got put out. I started from this website called, like, Moms Across America. They put out, like, the statement that said something to the effect of, oh, God, where was it? It's something that had, like, 11% more glyphosates in it than... The what's the other one? The Beyond Burger, because like, that I think the Beyond Burger is another lab created fucking soybean based. Yeah, I don't know, thing. man. I'm not. And and so because the the Impossible. I'm not up on my meat substitutes, bro. Yeah, the Impossible Burger is just another brand of it. Yeah. And so the, so then it started coming out like they started kind of like firing back. It started going back and forth. And then so I was like, what? Because I didn't really know. I've heard of the Impossible Burger, but I was like, well, all right, I want to see what's in this thing. And I was like, the ingredients, like, they got to add a bunch of shit to it because, like, you're not going to substitute all the benefits you get from eating animal products. There's a lot of, like, amino acids and vitamins. Yeah. It's not just protein. Right. There's a lot of other benefits to eating meat. Yeah. And I, dude, I get it, man. Like, I don't want to see animals suffer. I don't like the big commercial farming shit, dude. You know, no one wants to see that. And if they, if they are able to recreate something in the lab that has all the same nutrients, like if they can grow a cow that doesn't have a head with no brain, it's just a body that produces the meat and the milk or whatever. Chinese body farm. Chinese body farm or something. Yeah. If they can do something like that, yeah. I'm on board. That's cool. I don't want things to suffer, man. But I'm not going to stop eating meat. I'm not eating the Impossible Burger, man. Like it's not. It's the, not a good alternative. It's not. Not yet. Not I mean, yet. I, I appreciate the intention. Yeah, you know, I understand that. But so, you know, it's funny. I may have totally missed the intention. I thought it was just, like, appealing to vegetarians. Like, it's a fucking, you know, vegetarian option for your burger. But it was actually intended as, like, it's meatless, as in, like, this is a, a more ethical right. option if you don't aren't into the whole factory farming right. thing. That's the way I saw it. Oh, that's, that's, the way interesting. I, that's the way I saw it. That's interesting. So I didn't see that. Because that just, that seems very uh, high-minded and esoteric for your average um, Burger King consumer. <laughs> Whereas somebody just being like, I hear that that vegetarian thing's pretty good. Oh, I can get a Burger Burger King that doesn't got meat. Just, oh, right, that's great. So, or meat's bad, you know what bad, I mean? Yeah. yeah, meat's bad from like a health standpoint or whatever. Because then we've talked about it. It's like, yeah, if you want to not eat meat from 
an ethical standpoint, I get it. Have at it. Have at it. But it's not a healthy thing. No. It's not a healthy lifestyle option. And, and <clears throat> it can be, but it, there's extra steps that have to be taken. Man, I would yeah, argue I, that even it, with those steps, it's not going to be as healthy. It's not. You're never going to. You're never going to outsmart Mother Nature. Mother Nature intended for you to eat meat, and you're I, never going to fucking outsmart Mother I, Nature. I agree with that. But what I'm saying is, like, yeah. you can live. It's not. You can achieve very ninety nine. You can get close. Yeah. With supplementation, it's ninety nine point nine 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 nine. I don't give a fuck. But it's not hundred. It's not. It's not meat. That's right. But powered yeah. by meat. The Impossible Burger. Yeah. It's interesting. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I'm with you. I, I obviously there's a knee jerk reaction just from just meat is in my mind has always been equated with an animal, mm-hmm. and so you know chicken is. Comes from chickens, Chicken. <laughs> right? Beef comes, comes from, from a cow, cow. Yep. and so there's obviously that weird disconnect with, oh wait a minute, what did this meat come from again? Yeah, I looked up the ingredients list, and it is not much you would recognize. There was one though. Check this out. It's uh, this comes from the Moms Across America website. Let's see, the Impossible Burger is made of GMO soy, and w- and then in red letters which has been shown to cause organ damage in animal studies and has been shown to be significantly different from non-GMO soy. And yeah, well soy in general is just you know, I mean uh anyways, people got you got to look into shit, man. Dude. You can't just fucking trust especially when somebody's selling something. Yeah. When somebody's selling you something and they're toting all the things of why it's so much better for you, look into it. Question it. It's okay to question things. Yeah. You're not being an asshole by questioning things. You know, you should question what you think you already know. Yes. Like, that is, like, that's the difference between, like, an intelligent, enlightened mind and someone who just pretends to be. Because if you never challenge what you think that you know, if you're never reading books, if you're from, you know, if you hate CrossFit and you never read any of the CrossFit stuff, like, man, you're missing it. Like, that's not the point. You should be trying to... Uh, prove yourself wrong every day. It's not trying to prove yourself right. You should be trying to prove yourself wrong. Because again, that's the thing. Like, uh, it's funny on the Matt Byrne podcast that uh, you know Hinger's got his his academic background, and he's pointed out a couple times that uh, you know science doesn't prove anything. That again, that's another misnomer people have. They don't understand. It just fails to disprove something. <clears throat> and so if you fail to disprove something. I can assume that that's the best idea that we have right now and can go with that. But just because you fail to disprove it doesn't mean that you prove that that's it. Right. There's always the, the, the possibility of future information changing that. And now we have something that disproves that. And now we have a new theory that no one can disprove. And so now we're going to, and now we're always constantly trying to work on disproving that theory. Like, that's how it should work. It's not the reverse. Like, oh, we think we know what's going on, so we're going to study that to prove that that's what's going on. Although that's usually what happens, and that's how most people approach this shit. But, uh, yeah, man, question fucking everything, even if you think you know the answer already. Because you may be surprised that people that you thought you relied on were like, wait a minute, you didn't know what you were talking about. And on that note, there becomes this, there's a skill involved with questioning everything like doing it tactfully yeah you're not trying not to rub everybody the wrong way and that because it's not easy to do no when people get questioned they're like like we just talked about you get defensive yeah 
And so there, there's there's a skill in that. Like, okay, so why are we doing this? There's a skill. But I will say, like, nice people don't change the world. <laughs> that is true. I mean, it's just, if you're worried about being like... liking you. Yeah, like, that's your number one goal, then, you know, you may, but it usually takes... Because, uh, like you said, like, you know, if... Yeah, like how how can we move forward if we if we are not questioning what we're currently doing? And there's no way to question what we're currently doing without coming off and offending people. Yeah, you're gonna ruffle you're gonna feathers. ruffle some feathers, man. And but if if and if that bothers you and so you back off, well then you just kind of you know. So you're right. There's a fine line because you don't want to develop enemies yeah. <clears throat> over it, like Bike James does. Hashtag fuck Bike James. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, that's it's definitely a fine line, but dude, that soy thing is scary. Like I, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist guy, but I really do have to wonder, like, given the facts that we know that large amounts of soy have on like men in particular, and you know the estrogenic flavons and all those things, and then dude, it gets me thinking because I'm starting. To, I, I used to laugh when you had your like. You, you couldn't figure out if something was a boy or a girl. Yeah. Right? Well, 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 uh, Operation Confirmation. Operation Confirmation. And man, like I have lot. seen some androgynous looking uh, things. I don't know what yeah. the fuck to say. And like, it, it, I just, I can't help but be like, dude, like, there's something in that person's diet. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, like I said, I'm probably, but I just, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing when you see them. It's like that's not a like that's not like a normal uh, um, breed. So to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's like, it's not. There's something that something's hormonally manipulated yeah. with that. Like you're gonna have like your more feminine men yeah. for sure, but like just straight up like borderline. Like what is that thing? Like you, you can't tell. The features are like so androgynous, and but that's where like. You know, so why are we, we like we're pumping this shit in, and like sperm counts are going down, and we're having more fucking, you know, it's it's hard to say when someone's like, dude, the fucking Illuminati's trying to take us out or whatever, you know? It's like why why is this shit in our food supply? Why is this fucking poison, this this fucking shit that has been shown to have bad effects on hormone levels? Why is it so prevalent in our our diet and yet we're focused on like fats right like that's the ultimate like switch and, and bait and switch thing it's like hey fat low fat fat fat's the enemy and it's like in the meantime they're just like fucking soy everywhere soy corn syrups the other one it's like that's been shown to have horrible effects on insulin and all sorts of metabolic shit and so you've got these two things that have been shown to have very bad effects on metabolism and hormones and and it's just prevalent like crazy in our food supply and people just don't even fucking again i think care. a lot of it is like dangling that carrot distracting you over here yeah like making you focus on this and that goes back to i mean i talked about this on several episodes ago fuck, a long time ago like i really believe yeah you know, i'm shifting gears but it's the same thought process like i like i think the oil and gas industry likes people focusing on uh fracking or hydraulic fracture right. because that's really not as bad and it's easy to defend so they're like oh yeah let's let all these tree hookers argue this because when we're drilling this hole 
That's what's really fucking up the earth. And we're pumping diesel-based mud into the ground while we're drilling this hole to get rid of the debris. And we don't even know where it goes. It just disappears into the earth. But no one's talking about that. It's all about fracking this, fracking that. And it's kind of the same thing. They're like, fuck yeah, man. We'll argue about fracking all day long. Just keep you motherfuckers, you know, preoccupied with this. Yeah. Because what we're really doing is bad. I think it's kind of the same mindset. That it's, oh yeah, just argue about this, because when you guys aren't paying attention to this, here we come in with the backside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, you've got uh, you've got an easy target, and then you've got a lot of lobbyists with money mm-hmm. making sure that they're not focusing on other targets, and yeah. I just have to point out, I don't think it's coincidental that soy and Soylent Green, you know, you can't have Soylent Green without soy, soy. people. It's people, people. <laughs> it's people, people. <laughs> but yes, if you haven't seen that fucking movie, then uh, make sure you check it out. It's crazy how many, like, I'm starting to feel really old. Like, especially with, like, Callum hitting the gym. And it's like, he just, he hasn't. I, the other day I made a reference to the Hulk Hogan leg drop. And he's like, huh? Did he know who Hulk Hogan was? Well, he knew who Hulk Hogan was. He's that reality star, right? That bald oh, guy who makes yeah. an asshole of himself all the time. Um, the, the racist is he, is guy. He, is he on some sort of reality show now? He was. I don't know if he's back. I don't know if you remember. He got recorded saying some really racist shit. And uh, WWF. <laughs> I refuse to call it WWE. WWF. Uh, fucking basically tried to sponge him from... Like, they literally took him off the... They tried to pretend that he never existed. <laughs> and, and it was so ridiculous, they had to bring him back. Because it's like... You, there is no WWF without, without Hulk Hogan. Hogan. You, no, you yeah. can't pretend that the guy didn't exist. And so, uh, he's not as in... But yeah, he had like a you know reality TV show uh, for a while. Yeah, it was the Hogan's, wasn't it? Yeah, the Hogan's. Yeah, yeah. that was quite a few years ago. That's even back. old. Yeah, that's yeah. even old. But you know, you still... You, like, Hulk Hogan's in the pop culture mindset, but not as the fucking wrestler. Yeah. Prayers, vitamins... Training, <laughs> right? That was it. That was what he built it. it all on. I loved it. And uh, but yeah, the Hogan leg drop. I mean, how many fucking you know people's dreams were dashed, you know, know, by the Hogan leg, leg drop? Just shattered them. Well, I, that's I made a dim mock reference the other night. You know, the Van Dam blood mm-hmm. sport. You know, there there is no dim mock in jiu-jitsu. There's answers to everything. Yeah. And that and again, I was Callum was in the conversation with us. Yeah. And he had no idea what I was talking about. I told him I couldn't be friends with him until he went home and watched Bloodsport. Watched Bloodsport. I was like, that's <laughs> it, man. We're not considering you part of this team. You can't be friends with <laughs> until you watch Bloodsport. And that last time I talked to him, I asked him, I was like, have you watched Bloodsport yet? I think this was like Wednesday night, Thursday night or something. No, Wednesday night. And he's like, no, man, I've got homework and shit. I was like, that is not important. I was like, your most important thing is you need to watch Bloodsport. <laughs> then you can get back to your homework. And be part of the team. So we'll yeah. see if he follows through or not. We'll see. I'll keep riding him until he does. Yeah. But anyways, like like Soil and Green's one of those references that you and I like yeah. take it for granted. But guarantee you there's like, yeah, like Calum would be like, what? What are you talking about? What are you about? talking about Soil and Green? I've heard, heard of it, but like, what is that? And so anyways, yeah. The, We're getting old, James. We are, man. I hate to admit it. We are. It's all right. It's perspective. I don't mind having perspective. Like, I realized what a fucking idiot I was. 
that's a hard thing to swallow sometimes. I look back, because <laughs> I'm still not the brightest guy in the world. I've just lived for 40 years, so I learned things. Yeah. And I look back to when I was 20, 21, 22, like, good Lord. I was like a caveman. Yeah. You I were smarter than any other man. You were smarter than I was. You, you know, you're just a smarter dude. And, yeah, dude, I look back and I just cringe, like, oh, my goodness. How did I even survive? <laughs> How did I get to this point? Dude. How did I stay alive? Yeah. I really wonder that sometimes. See, I was fucking, yeah. I, me too. I don't, like I said, I don't regret it because it all gave me the, Brings the, the lessons here, yeah. and stuff I needed to get. That's what I was saying. Like, I don't mind having perspective because I, I don't make those mistakes. Like, it's easier for me to, like, I still make mistakes, but it's just my, it's like, uh, like fucking Pimenta when we were doing our, um, are private with him and you just kind of realize at a certain point like dude you just have to have a lot of positional knowledge a lot of it is just I've seen this before and I know if I do this I'm going to limit their options I know what those options are and what they should be yep and then I can take advantage of that and like that's basically like life man like as you, you just, it it's should just experience. be right every time life taps you out you should be learning a lesson from it yeah. or if you do something well like, and if you do that right then the same thing you get to the point where you're like all right, like I've got some positional knowledge with this thing called life a little bit. So, you know, I can look around and be like, okay, I'm not making that mistake. And I, I can see where that's going to lead. And, uh, oh, that looks good. Let's go there. So, you know, what's funny about bringing up our private with uh, Pimenta. <laughs> like, dude, that was, I've done a handful of privates with him now, you know, probably four or five, six of them. Like, he's been coming to our gym mm-hmm. like twice a year for the past few years now, right? And uh, and we we we're beginning to understand how he coaches. You know, he's he's kind of a quiet dude. I mean, you get him talking, he'll start talking. But he's he's we we joke. It's like the oracle. You got to ask the right questions. Yeah. And you get great answers, but you got to ask the proper questions. And it was just funny that we I forget what was like the first thing we had. We we were talking about you know basically we we're we were coming at the same problem from two different ways. You were thinking about grip fighting, and I was, I was like, hey, I want to know your order of importance, like posture, base, defense, grip fighting, like blah, blah. Like, how are you, what are you seeing? Like, how are you dissecting problems? I, right. I don't need a certain position. I just need to see, I want to see your fucking, your problem-solving solution in your head. Yeah. And he answered it, and that was like five minutes into the private, and we looked at each other like, well, probably That was over. hilarious, man, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 he gave us the answer. We're like, oh. Okay, well, the private's kind of over. Yeah. Now we're just going to ask kind of specifics, but like that was really almost every question we asked, it's the same answer. Went back to those It goes back principles. to the same principles, and we just had to get him to clarify. So in this, I would think it was this, and he'd be like, no, it's actually here. But it, it was all the same answer. Yeah. From the beginning of our private to the end, all the different positions, it was all the same answer. Yep. One answer. Is yeah. A few little tricks here and there. I like that right. one, like getting the your thumb inside their hand to strip the grip right. from the back was good. But that was an interesting insight too. He had two super interesting insights. One was he doesn't grip fight. Mm-hmm. Like he grip fights, but he grip fights by changing the angle and taking away the advantage that their grip has. He ain't... Go ahead. Before right, I agree, right, yeah, ahead. would you? Yeah, 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 I, agree, yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah, and, and so, you know, he may address a grip. Because I've, I've seen him break a grip here and there. But it's a rare occasion. And it's usually when it's like, all right, I got to address this thing to keep advancing. Um, but, yeah, nine times out of ten, 
he just keeps moving to address the grips. I was like, um, and then his other one was how much he likes mount. Mm-hmm. The 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 back is because I brought that up almost like towards the end. I was yeah. like, all right, because we were we were kind of searching for questions because he answered a lot of shit. And I'm like, all right, man. So then I started thinking about what do I like to do in my game. Yeah. And then I started thinking about him. Like he does. I mean, he'll attack the back, but it's he doesn't go there a lot. No. It's not like if he'll go there and try to finish, and then he just goes back to mount. And so I was like, all right, I want to know why. I was like, because I like the back, dude. I I, I love it, but. I was like, so let's see why he doesn't go to the back much, and it made perfect sense. Yeah, and because he likes he likes to mount people because you're using the floor, you're using floor. the earth. You got they, gravity working they, on your. You, not know. only do you have gravity, but they can't go that way. Right. You, we can create a fucking wedge. There's with an yeah, they're, they're the earth and you. Yeah. Yes. And when you're on someone's back, they're on top of you almost. So you've created, you got your back to the earth. Yeah. And so they have all the escapes. They can yep. go all the directions. So it's so much harder. They can go up, down, left, right. They can go all the ways. They yeah. can't even get back to the ground. Yeah, you can't use gravity you to can't help. Use gravity. Like, even if you're on your side, it's like gravity's not assisting you in holding that Gravity's position. their friend. Yeah. Not yours. Yep. And so when you broke it down like that, I was like, oh, huh. Yeah. That makes sense. Now I see why he likes them all. But the other thing, I got excited there. Like, so we say he does a grip fight. Well, he just changes the position so the grip's not as effective. Right, that's how he grip fights. That's how he grip fights. And after he said, after we, I went home after that private, and like I was kicking myself in the ass because I knew that answer. Because I do the same thing, and I always tell people that. Like, for example, the the easiest way I teach this lesson to people is like, you're say you're in top side control, and somebody wins the underhook battle, they get it, they get their far side underhook on you. Well, instead of swimming back in and fighting that underhook, I, I was like, just change the fight. Go north-south. And then go to the other side. The underhook's gone. So you didn't... You addressed the underhook, but you didn't address the underhook. It's the yeah. same fucking... Exact same thought process. And it's something I live by in certain positions. I wasn't applying it to fucking everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, God damn it. Like, that answer was right there. It was right in front of me. But we were so focused on, like, someone gets a grip on something, grab the grip and rip it off. Yeah, you gotta address the grips by breaking the grips. No, you adjust and the grip, just change the fight. Oh, they you when they get a good solid grip, you know, okay, I, I lost that little that little war right there. Let's just change the war, change the battle over here. Yeah, and the grip doesn't mean shit. Right. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like their their ad, their advantage is based on your position. Yep. And so if you change your position and you, you do it right, because you can obviously do it the wrong way, which is how I got spiked on my head the other day. Um. But yeah, if you do it right, then you will change their advantage if, and, and potentially take it, it away. Could, it could become a liability. It could become a liability, right. And so that idea of, of switching angles to address grips rather than selling out for the grip fighting. Huge. Was, yeah, because that makes a lot more sense. Like that, that's, that's the thing. Like I feel like both of those things was a, a sigh of relief for me because they're, both of those things are things that I just kind of instinctively felt. The mount too, like I, I mean, we've talked about it, man. Like I, I won't let people roll to their back. I will fucking stuff you. I, you are not going to. Your, I, you are stuck here, motherfucker. I mounted you, and I don't want you to go to your back. And of course, that kind of goes against the, the you know, people look at the back as the ultimate position and, and there's arguments for it because like now, dude, now now they're facing away from you right like they have their limbs cannot be used effectively directly against you and so again there's a lot of advantages to it but again there's 
disadvantages. Yep. And so I think some of it has to do, there, there's not a right or wrong answer. I'd say that's kind of a, a personal preference thing. If you get, you know, a super high level mount and, or super high level back attacks and, or whatever, you know what I mean? It, they're, they're both effective, but, um, the, and then, yeah, the grip fighting thing, like, cause dude, you can get, it's, you get someone who's got really strong grips and it's almost impossible to break mm -hmm. and you have to focus so hard like your mind is stopped on breaking that grip and now you you can't think about and focus on or do anything else and like so many times I get fucked up from that yep. and so uh, so yeah it was it was good hearing him say those things because I feel a little more uh, relaxed I don't have to like do shit that doesn't feel normal like natural so anyways that's again like the like jujitsu is one of those things there's there's personal preference things um, with because man if you're really good at and you feel super comfortable with just breaking grips fucking great mm -hmm. break grips if you don't then like you know the funny thing with like Pimenta's he's, he's got such a, a laid back personality mm -hmm. and and his jujitsu reflects that yep it's just he doesn't force things. No, man. I mean, except for when he's cross choking. Right, right, right. <laughs> he's got like it's uh, um, and when I say lazy, I don't mean lazy in like the efficient. bad sense. E efficient is probably a better way. To right. Say well, it. he's. I'd, I'd say I would argue like if you got to know him in his everyday life, I'd say he's probably motivated by his laziness. Uh -huh. You know, he doesn't want to do any more than he has to do, and so he does just enough to make sure to not have to do any more. And it's kind of what you see in his jujitsu, like. He's 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 gonna fucking get to where he wants to go, but he doesn't really want to have to expend any more energy and effort getting there than he has to, and so if he can just, you know, change an angle instead of breaking a grip, if he just holds you in mount instead of, you know, it's like hey, great. So this personality thing, because mm -hmm. some people are fucking high energy, they're like hell, no, I'm breaking that grip, I'm fucking bouncing around, bouncing like around, monkey, going yeah. yeah, man, hey, that's great, you know. But the problem is, is that is where you, when you start to think that there's just one way to do stuff and you get stuck and, and, and you know, we've both had those aha moments where, you know, that was probably one of them there where it's like, okay, you consistently hear that you got to break grips, got to, got to break grips. And so, uh, but knowing that you can look at it from a different perspective yeah, breaking grips doesn't, doesn't mean having to grab it. Yeah, it it's just the thing is you got to address their grips. I think that's the problem is it's like we start to equate breaking grips is addressing grips, but it's one way to address the grips. Yep. You need to address their grips. You don't have to break their grips to do it. Like that's the, was kind of my, my takeaway. Yep. You still have to do something. You right. can't just like, ah, ignore it. Yeah, like, ignore pretend, them. Pretend it's not Fuck fair. no, yeah. The best thing is to use them against them. Yeah. Like, you know, if they hang on to something too long. Because the thing is, as soon as you change angles, and if they don't recognize what's going on, mm -hmm. and then they allow you to change another angle, and maybe one more angle before they fucking, uh, like, let go of their grip, by that point, the grip's probably worked against them. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I'm speaking from experience here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you don't you know, recognize that. And that was another thing I took from, you know, the defensive side, which is looking at it from the reverse, which is like, you know, hey, if they, you, you got to move, you got to change your angle to kill 
their pressure and what they're doing on top. And so it's, uh, yeah, it works both ways. That was the thing. It's like, it's, you know, posture's a little different. Like it, it's defense. Like make sure you're, you got good defense. You're not giving up something. And then like, you gotta, you gotta move and, and, you know, disrupt them. That, that was my other big takeaway was it's not just you moving, but like you moving and finding a way to disrupt them as you're moving because then they can't follow you as easily. That's the hardest thing. You create space and they can just follow, follow, follow. But if you create a little space and at the same time do something to disrupt them so they got to check their balance for half a second, that makes a fucking difference. Mm-hmm. And I've already noticed that like rolling, like it, it, it definitely, it's not just move, it's move and disrupt them a little bit as you're doing it. And then it, opens things up mm-hmm. a lot more so they gotta take that split second to react and yeah to, to the disruption as opposed to just following you yes taking space away yeah, yeah 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 yep it's uh you know like when you're doing your technical stand-up you know in like a defensive posture showing the guys or the class the other night like you know if you do the little kick forward first even if you don't do anything that it's, it's like a little jab it makes them react and so them reacting it gives you that half a second you need to then do what you really wanted to do, which is pull your leg back and stand up. Whereas if you had just pulled your leg back and stood up, even if it's in good form, and they can just follow you, like you're not giving them, they don't have to think about anything else but following you. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to follow you. They're going to follow you, yeah. So give them something else to think about and then give you a little space. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's fucking, it's, it's, it's shit is so fucking simple, but it works. That's what he was laughing at us too. He's like, "It's just easy. It's easy, man. It's easy, you, my friend. Yeah. Easy. Once you see these things, but well, like as we got into the weeds a little bit, you yeah. started to realize, you know, it is easy, but there's a shit ton of that positional knowledge, just experience you have to have because you know he's in a position and dude, he's like, he knows exactly what's going on there. He's been there so many times. So many times, and uh, dude, he's been in black belt for twenty years or something. Yeah. Ridiculous. What do you want Fifth was it his fifth uh, Masters World title? Oh, I couldn't even tell you. He took gold yesterday. Yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you what number that is. See, I kept seeing him do the the, the five. Oh, did he? And I, 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 see, I, I haven't seen. I him can't read. The, oh yeah, you're not on on not, Instagram. I, I just had somebody. I can't read Portuguese, me. but I saw the number five in it a couple times. So I could be wrong, but I think it was number five for something. But still, dude, fucking five world championships. It's pretty good. Yeah, even at the. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to like the Masters. It's fucking super tough. Still, I mean, there's a lot of fucking badasses in there. Mm-hmm. But it is, uh, um, yeah, one of those things that uh, you know. I don't know, man. Like, you know, I'm bringing this up because they were talking about it on the Matt Burn podcast. So I assume you probably uh, listened to it as well. But they were saying, in their minds, like, world champion is IBJJF, Gi. Like world champ and uh, ADCC, mm-hmm. like those, like if, like if you're gonna say like I'm fucking world champion, like really, it's gotta be it, those are the most, ones. Those two. Otherwise, it's like you know you need to throw some sort of uh, um, asterisk. Yeah, something on it. Yeah, I'm like you know five time Masters world champion, which is still great. Which is great. But just saying like I'm a world champ without you know throwing out any other qualifiers that's what it is it needs to be qualified a little bit mm-hmm. so, so it is funny you get people who just just 
know. Oh, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a cool achievement, and it's it's. I mean, it's not an easy achievement. Yeah, I'm not well, saying this to take away from the achievement at all. It's right. more just like a, a, a understanding. Yeah, an understanding. Because the thing is, is you know, he's you have like masters uh, one, masters two, masters three, and so as, as you get going, like you know, Kiele, um won a world champion. Uh, yeah, she's world champ, Nogi world champ, IBJJF Nogi world champ. Um, but it was purple belt, um, masters, uh, two, two, uh, you know, so she had one match, you know? And so again, and that's why she doesn't really like, it's like when we call her champ and stuff, it's kind of like, you know, tongue in cheek because she knows she recognizes, And that's why she doesn't go around like, you know, telling, she doesn't tell anyone like, and, and she doesn't in her mind, she's not world champion she know i mean there was, she knows. there was no qualifier for the tournament right it's whoever showed up that day and paid their entrance fee yeah and you had one match exactly are, are you the best in the world no you're right. better than that one person right yeah, on that yeah. specific day. Now, it says something yeah. right, it's right. Like, it says something it says something we're not trying to take away from the achievement it's right. more a matter of keeping the achievements in perspective right. because the fucking animals that achieve <laughs> the, the, those things, man, like it's a different thing. Yeah, you're not in the same category. No, there's levels to this to this shit. There's even levels to the levels. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of more what I'm talking about. It's not really like Pimenta can call himself whatever he wants. It's it's more like you know, there's guys like I know that motherfucker that beat me. Like I got second. That was flexing and shit. Yeah, and... dude, he that that was he's been training all year for that. Circled the calendars. That's his thing. He's telling everyone. You know that motherfucker's got world champion on his no gi IBJJF no gi world champion somewhere in his in his uh yeah his bio or whatever. It's like, dude, come on, man. Like we were all there. <laughs> we know what happened. we know what happened. But uh, so, anyways, it's funny. No, it was good though. I was glad to see Pimenta won. Hell yeah. I didn't see any of the matches. I didn't re-up my flow. Well, what's funny, I saw a couple, uh, he had some highlights. Um, and it's ironic that we were just talking about how he doesn't like to attack the back because he got one guy with a bow and arrow choke. He, so. Well, he says he does. No, he does. That's he what he says. He doesn't hang out there. Right. He goes to the back. Attacks. Gets the points. Starts to attack. And then as soon as they defend, then he if, if, if he feels line. like he's losing it, it's just like, instead of him fighting like crazy to try to keep the back and just continue to keep the back, keep the back, keep the back, go, back to mount. go to mount, and then go from there. So, yeah, no, that's that's what, yeah. exactly what he, he said. And that's, I can see that. Did he hit anybody with the Kataguruma? You know, I didn't see, just a little, yeah, he posted a few video highlights, and uh, so yeah, that was one of them. He's getting a little bow and arrow on somebody. That's good. So... Yeah, I've been bowing arrowed a lot less since I've applied your uh, <laughs> elbow discipline. Elbow discipline for the win, buddy. <laughs> if you just keep that elbow from coming across, it's amazing what uh, how it helps. So don't expose the back. Don't expose the back. That's really what it is. Yeah, yeah. You're just not turning that shoulder. You're just not turning the shoulder. Yeah, giving them the space to start getting under it, and then start going for the bow and arrow chokes. So. It's always funny when someone compliments me on my bow and arrow defense. It's like, dude, God I'm not proud. I don't want to be good I don't want to be good at it. <laughs> I just had you out of necessity. Had you. Yeah, I was fucking... Was strangled constantly. It was bullshit, man. So, uh... Dude, you had something, uh... You said you were going to talk about, like, practice? Drilling. Drilling? Drilling. But so before... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. As before I got into that, I wanted to derail us off the jiu-jitsu topic. Okay. Because I heard... This is 
So I'm going to have a personal question for you. And you're, you're going to be surprised when I ask this. Because <laughs> it's going to be pretty random. But this is something I thought I was probably in the norm on. And I heard a conversation on a, another podcast. I forget what podcast it was. I heard a couple guys talking about this. And I, apparently I was wrong. I wasn't in the normal on this. This is about your peeing habits. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... <laughs> Funny you bring this up. Yeah. But anyways, so I'll express my habits. Uh, So when I'm at home and I got to go pee, basically 100% of the time, if I'm peeing outside, if I'm middle of the night or something, I'm out in the backyard, I got to pee, I pee, whatever. It's just luxury of being a guy. But beside that, when I pee at home, I sit down and pee. It's more sanitary. I just thought this was kind of knowledge. Yeah, dude, it doesn't splash all over. Once you become like in charge of your own house and you're cleaning on a regular basis and you go from peeing standing up to peeing sitting down, it splashes way less. It's way cleaner, dude. Way cleaner. And I've been doing this for years, man, for the last fucking 15 years of my life. I thought this was normal. I thought most guys did this. Why would they do that? Because it's cleaner. I just, I'd have to, so I'd, I'd have to, to see the data. <laughs> I'll show you some studies. Okay. I'll find some YouTube videos that show pee splashing all over. Even if you got good aim, it still hits water and splashes all over. It's not as sanitary, man. Huh. I'll argue it. Okay. That's so why I, thought... I wear slippers in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. But anyways. So I thought I was normal on this, but apparently I guess I'm not. So you don't pee sitting down at home most of the time, huh? You stand no. up. No, I avoid that. Yeah. You at least lift the seat, right? No, I left the seat up, yeah. Okay. And then I put it back down because right, I put it back been down. domesticated. Yep, that's and there's nothing wrong with that. Right, but uh, um, but no. you, you pee standing up, huh? I pee standing up, hmm. yeah. Even in the dark, I've gotten really good at being able to fucking. I for sure sit down at night. No, 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 dude, I can do it in pitch black. Like I know, I get my shins right up on the bowl, and then I I know got a fucking area, and it's it's uh it's a skill. So why don't you just sit down? Girls do. I don't know what you want me to say here, Rob. I, knew that was gonna I feel like you keep throwing the softball towards me, and you want me to hit it, so I'll hit it. Well, it's not going to change what I do. I'm very confident and comfortable with what I do. It's just it's cleaner. You know, yeah. But I guess, see, I thought I was normal, but apparently I'm not. I need to do more of a survey. You know, for me, it's just like it's so much faster. And the other thing is, is there is uh, much less temptation to like look at your phone or something else. Like, if I sit down on the toilet, then... You plan on being there for a minute. Well, I don't know. It's sitting down. Like, there's you, you're, there's always a possibility that you may be delayed in standing up. <laughs> if I don't sit down, there's never a possibility. So it's an efficiency thing. It's an efficiency thing. That's really what it is. Okay. Dude, I... I <laughs> in Hawaii, you learn how to, like, pee out of your board shorts without, like, having to take them down or anything you just you know hike the fucking leg of the shorts up and so it's like yeah you don't have to do that sometimes too it's like i don't even want to fucking pull my pants down i just pee out of my my short leg and pee all over the floor and move on so all right well no i mean i try to be you know if i make a mess i'll uh if i sprinkle when i tinkle i'm a sweetie and wipe the cd mm-hmm. remember those little fucking I do remember the signs, signs. So, so I do try just, to do that. You know what's unsanitary is peeing on a pee stick. That's really fucking <laughs> ridiculous. Which brings me to my question for you about pee. Okay. Which is, 
midstream, is that a place in space or a time? Time. Okay. See, that's interesting. I thought it was a place in space. Time. Okay. That's why I was like, that's, why does it have to be exactly midstream? Like, you know. It doesn't. It can be right up next to your pee hole. Okay. But you just don't want the, you, just, you don't want the first That's really hole. unsanitary. It's going to splash all over, Rob. <laughs> but if you're sitting down, it's not a big deal. <laughs> I'll bet it would be that close. If you put it right up next to your pee hole, I'll bet that would cause a little bit of a mess. So, but anyways. Anyways. So, yeah. Okay. It's, it's a time. All right. Yeah, I think I may try the, uh, the fucking dipping it in the cup thing. That's the move. Yeah. Got those Bibu things. Got a couple more. I got to figure out if I want to keep doing it. It's interesting. I may do it because it's definitely some interesting insights. Feedback. Yeah, I mean, the last two weeks, my blood pH has been a little acidic. So um, I need to eat more fruits and vegetables. That's my goal. Next P test next Thursday. Is, oh, uh, speaking of that, before we, I want to hear from our huge group of listeners. Friends, the 200. The 200 that listen to us. I want to hear some feedback of you guys out there. If you guys pee sitting down when you're at home or if you pee standing up. I want to... I, I hate to believe that I'm... <laughs> why did you... What? Because, dude, I, I thought for sure I had my mind made up that you that was You better be checking those emails because when people start sending you pictures I don't want of pictures. what they do... I don't well, want pictures. You don't get don't, to choose. You I don't ask for feedback. I don't, I don't need proof. I don't believe that you get to then tell what kind of feedback. Like, you may get a full-length feature film documentary I'm willing to take there's consequences because I I was kind of shocked that I, I really thought I was in the norm I thought most domesticated men did that for sanitary reasons at home no well, it's, it's a little disturbing to me but it's I guess it's just like I don't know like how unsanitary I think it's quite it? a bit quite a bit huh yeah. oh, man, when you know. got when you got a nice powerful pea stream it hits that water splashes it's uh, it can cause a mess. So if you sit down, it's problem eliminated. Huh? Yeah. Anyways, I know it was. Z still stands on the toilet seat, and squats. <laughs> it's not so a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad a idea. Built-in squatty potty. Yeah. So, so I could almost see that. I could I could go with that, but like, you better have a pretty sturdy toilet seat. Or I guess you can flip the seat up, stand on the rim of the toilet. If you're full grown man yeah. squatting on top of a toilet. That's what we need, man. A fucking toilet seat with like foot rest. Just a little wider than the foot yeah, rest. Yeah, yeah, just so, yeah. That's the so. next step up from the squatty potty. You don't even need a plastic squatty potty. You, no, just, man. you just have the the bowl with like Well, extra see wide the thing with squatty potty is you actually still get to sit down. Sit down. It's simulating the squatty. position, but it's not It's not actually no. squatting. It's close. I'll bet that standing up applies pressure that you makes it better. So, Probably. I don't know. I'm not going to stand up to poop. So <laughs> I'm not sitting down to pee. I'm not, not standing, standing up, up to poop. This is your stance. I am, you feel pretty strong. When yes, this is, a, this is definitely a personal opinion. We won't go down the, the bidet question rabbit hole then. What, that what, what, is, what are your opinions about bidets? No, we'll save that for another episode. fucking very European. <laughs> so. You know the history of those came from uh, brothels. That's why they never caught on here in the States. And then one of the... I think it was like the First World War that uh, U.S. soldiers discovered them because they were using them in brothels. Yeah. And and they kind of saw the benefits of them. Like, oh, bidets are kind of nice. You know, they're cleanly. But they had the stink, you know, no pun intended, that it was more for the lower class of society, prostitutes, and the people that frequented, frequented uh, 
brothels. So that's why they never caught on here in the States. Mm-hmm. That's the theory. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyways, I know everybody was worried about the history of the days. Yeah. It's more knowledge than I ever thought I'd have on it. I just feel like there's something just un-American about it. I just don't, I feel like Americans as a people, just whatever it is, just are predisposed, pre, yeah, just have a predisposition to not having water sprayed on their asshole. Hmm. As a people. Now, again, that may mean like 51% to 49%, right? Like, I don't know. And then how would the Electoral College come down with that? The popular vote? Or the right. Well, how, are we, how are we determining this? But, uh, so you feel bidet is un-American? Dude, I just feel like a nation that has like, you know, fucking 20 guns for every person um, doesn't, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, there's just a the fucking... Conflict, conflicting interests. Yeah, 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 man. I can't, I can't, you know, we came from Billy the Kid and the fucking Godfather. Like, those just don't seem like personalities. The, the people that built this country were not... So you don't feel it's manly to have a bidet? question of man the same thing with peeing and sitting down you don't feel it's you feel See, I don't even know about manly because I, I don't know how I don't, I don't know if women like feel I, I would I would assume that women probably don't have similar feelings like having some freaking water sprayed on your ass just maybe it's it's an acquired taste I don't know See, yeah, that's, that's, it just feels to me like it would just be like that's the impression I'm getting is that you haven't experienced this yet so you don't you don't know well, you know how great it is. <laughs> how great it is. Well, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Sorry, man. I'm stuck in my ways. That's Stand right. up to pee. Sit down to poop. Try to stay away from water shooting water up. jets around my butthole. So fair enough. Everybody's yeah. entitled to their uh, exactly, opinion. man. Exactly. That's what makes this country great. We're. Not, it's personal preference, not geometry. That is correct. That is probably a, not a geometric equation. At least I hope so. <laughs> so. All right, but anyways. All right. Figured you'd appreciate that. It was random. That was pretty random, yes. No, I uh, I can I can. These are the things that. I think about, James. <laughs> That's funny. I'm trying to create a unified theory of, of fucking leverage and... You know, of, of tension and movement stuff. I know there's like some sort of way to unify all these things that we've been coming across. That's why I've been spending my time trying to figure out how to ramping isometrics and yielding isometrics and maces and fucking still like, you know, regular, more traditional training stuff. Like, I told you about my quadrant idea, like how you've got like your dynamic and your isometric spectrum and then you've got your leverage and your compression based spectrum and if you create a little axis with that you got a little quadrant going and so I would think that like a good program is going to address those four quadrants like you're going to have some sort of um, dynamic uh, leverage and dynamic compression based stuff and you're going to have some isometric leverage and isometric so like when I look at our program like where's the isometric leverage you know, mm-hmm. like, don't really don't see that as much. Really yeah. You know, where's like leverage dynamic? So, like, I, I'm trying to, like, you know, what, what are, are we doing some things that kind of fall in that category? Like, to me, you know, is like an Indian club swing a dynamic leverage based 
uh, movement or like doing the ram roller where you're like coming to the side or so like what yeah I'm not sure so I gotta like think because never really try to think about defining exercises I, in that in that yeah. way in that category and then obviously within that we've got our movement patterns and so it starts to become this giant fucking math equation and like I'm convinced that there's a unified theory behind all of it that if I can discover I can create the perfect program that'll work for four weeks <laughs> then I'll have to do it all over do again. again 20 years of research do it all over again but uh for four weeks so anyways yeah so that's what I think so that's about. what you think about yeah I think about bathroom habits yeah it's interesting so practice yes so first off when you hear the word practice what do you think about what's the first thing that comes to mind Improving your skills. Yeah. Very skills. first thing. Without thinking too much about it, just knee jerk reaction. You say, if I had to define practice. I didn't say define practice. When you hear the word practice, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Improving your skills. Okay. See, I thought. Practicing your I skills. I was thinking Allen Iverson and that fucking famous practice rant. Talking about practice. Not the game. <laughs> Not the game. We're talking about. I don't. I'm not privy to this. No, you ain't uh, seen that fucking rant. I think I've talked to you about this before. That is hilarious. Not you that, it's it. not top of mind for sure. No? Yeah, I can't recall. It. You remember Allen Iverson? Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and headband, uh, all the tattoos. He, yeah. he was one of the first NBA guys with all the tattoos. Yeah, he was starting that trend. Yep, he's good, man. He was fucking awesome. Yep. The answer. The answer. And uh, he played for the Nuggets for a while, right? He may have. Yeah, yeah. The, the 76ers. 76ers is, is, was, was his original yeah. team. Oh, he's like 6'3", man, just fucking... He wasn't very tall. I was pretty short, sure, Was he 6'3"? Was he even like 6'3"? I, I, I don't even think he was 6'3". Like 6' foot or something, yeah, man. Yeah, he was yeah. like 6' foot. He was a fucking little dynamo. Uh -huh. But yeah, I know he had a famous thing where him and his coach were getting into it because he wasn't putting out enough effort at practice. And, you know, and he's in front of the reporters and he's just like, you know, he's like, what the fuck are we talking about here? This is practice. Not the game. Not the game. I'm talking about practice. It's like, I go out there and I fucking bleed for this game. I'm kicking ass on the court. And you guys are jazzing me about fucking practice? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, it's funny you've never seen that. But I, every time someone's like, practice, I'm always like, practice? You're talking about practice? <laughs> Not the game. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, no, practice is, uh, but it does kind of speak to it, man. Because, like, shitty practice, if, if you don't believe that it's helping you get better... Like, it's hard to buy in. Yep. Right? And so, like, both, both personally and as a coach, if you coach people, and, and like, you got to get their buy-in for what you're doing. Because if they don't believe that what they're doing is going to really help them, they're going to go through the motions. But they're not going to be getting the benefit. They're not going to be getting the benefit out of it. So, that's probably the first thing right there. It's like, you need to believe in what you're doing. Yep. Or you're just going to fucking... Go through the motions. Yeah, go through the motions. Waste your time and everybody else's time. Yep. So... But, uh, yeah, it's working to improve your skills. I think I would, you know, the, the skills should be specific to the task at hand. Mm -hmm. And so whether you're, you know, doing jiu-jitsu or training to run track or whatever it is, I mean, there's, there's um, your practice should reflect the, the skills and, uh, you know, types of fitness and conditioning that you need for your uh, for those activities, man. Would, would you agree? Mm -hmm. So I agree. Yeah, um, which again is something that a lot of people 
lose sight of is like, wait a minute, what are we practicing for? Okay, now does what we're doing here actually resemble the competition and what we're practicing for? No? Why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Oh, tradition? It is okay, there's something for that, but is that really what we want? So it's interesting, actually one of the bro science things that I came across um, was talking about this because they were looking at, what was it, the metabolic uh, heart rate and hormonal response to um, simulated jujitsu matches. And they, uh, what is it here? They actually had the quote of the day, which was, the measured heart rates during the matches of the simulated competitions uh, are similar to a previous study, which was 165 beats per minute, plus or minus 17 beats per minute. Now here's a quote of the day. Suggesting moderate cardiovascular stress during the matches. Just moderate. Just moderate. Yeah, yeah, I'm always like, like how, how the fuck do they determine that it's a moderate? Like, they're doing it by the heart rate, mm-hmm. you know? But it's just hilarious because, you know, I don't feel like it's a moderate amount of cardio- or cardiovascular stress during my, uh, my matches. But, um, but anyways, the, the whole, at the end of their, the study, one of the things that they said is that, uh, your, your practice needs to, you know, simulate because there's very specific hormonal responses, very specific metabolic responses, very specific heart rate responses to what you're doing. And so, you know, for them, they were simulating black belt competition. So it was a 10 minute match and then they were giving them like 20 minutes between, uh, matches and, um, which is, you know, pretty typical for what you're going to see at a competition. And so that, and they were saying like, but that's not, you know, how you train for competition is usually, uh, you know, 20 minute matches or, you know, five minute matches with a minute rest for an hour. And, you know, but those responses are going to be different to those types of activities and, and, and that, uh, um, you know that 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 type of stress that you're putting on the body. So they're like, yeah, we, that was one of their suggestions is that your practice needs to more represent this. But man, we've talked about that a bunch. Uh-huh. You know, especially with competition, because the uh, it's just so easy to uh, to just fall into the yeah set the time for five minutes and minute rest, minute and rest, and that's great. But if we're trained for competition, if this that is, doesn't exactly replicate it at all. Not no. even close. No, not even not even close. And that's why, uh, um, what was the other thing? Oh, the other thing they were just talking about is like how important like the glycolytic pathways were. So again, like, you know, low carb diets and keto diets are just not a good idea for jujitsu. Just another kind of, you know, the the metabolic stress that you're putting on your body requires, um, carbohydrates Mm -hmm. to, to fuel. Um, so, but yeah, the, you know, going back to that, the, the, the specifics of practice, um, you know that, and that's where competition teams come in. Like, if you want to train to have, a, it's it's hard to do that with a class, right? There's a reason that class is the way that it is, and it's it's proven to work relatively well. Um, you know the way and the open mat, you know, five six minute rounds with a minute rest, uh, it, it's great. 
you know, because not everybody is training for competition. Um, you know, realistically, you know, if you're doing that, you're not going to get as many rounds. But that's the thing is like your the your your rounds are going to be higher quality. Mm-hmm. Fewer rounds, you're going to they're going to be higher quality. And so, uh, um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a funny thing. I mean, because to really replicate a tournament day, you just it's just a time thing. You know what I mean? You can't do that on a regular basis. I mean, you, you want to go train at open mat. Okay, you leave the house. like, all right, man, I'm going to open mat. I'm going to be gone from noon until 6 o'clock tonight. No. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do a match. I'm going to wait around for 20, 30 minutes, do another match, wait around 20. It's just not really, you know, feasible. So you see why it's compressed down, you know, five minute rounds, minute rest, you know. Well, yeah, that's best. That's best for like the general public, yeah, everybody. But it just, yeah, ideally, no, it's not exact replication of a tournament, right? For sure, it's not. Well, that's why you see like, you you know, one the competition teams, and you also see training camps. Yep. And and that that's why uh, gyms have those things is because, yeah, this isn't. Uh, practical mm-hmm. competition training is not practical for for everyone people. over the long term, mm-hmm. and so you have to have specific periods of time and specific classes where you're working on those specific skills. But again, it goes back to like, okay, what is practice? Well, we're working on developing our skills. Well, what skill are we working on? Well, if it's competition, it's the skill of winning in a competition. Mm-hmm. That's the skill you're trying to work on. And there's a lot that goes into that beyond just, you know, working hard and technique and, you know, those are great things, but pacing strategy, mental strategies, um, you know, this is where a lot where like knowing the points mm-hmm. and stuff comes in and those are all, those are all specific skills to competing that you need to be working on if you're really practicing for a competition coming up. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's easy to just keep doing what you've been doing mm-hmm. <laughs> without changing it. So, but what? Uh, so I mean, that's one type. I mean, what other with, with practice? Um, I mean, like drilling. Drilling is part of that. I yeah. mean, what? You got that's right. I kind of came up with like some steps to maximize your time drilling because I believe drilling is important. But if you do it half-assed and with shitty intention, like you, again, you're just going through the motions and wasting your time. And, and there's a learned skill there, you know, understanding how to drill. That's a skill, you know, in and of itself that people just aren't. If you didn't come up in sports, you know, or in, in some sort of physical activity that required that, like you just don't know. Yeah. And so I, I kind of came up. I came up with a few things that could help. Um, you want to go over those? Well, yeah, I'd love to, but... Fuck, I figured it was... No, there's no... No, yeah, let's go over them. <laughs> so, I, I hadn't put a ton of thought into this, and then there's some little variances in here, but like, so the first step I had was deciding on the technique you're going to drill. You know, so going in with a plan, or, you know, the technique and the, sequ- the sequence of techniques, and then also the responses you want from your partner. You know, when you're... So, I, was, I won't elaborate on that much, because I'll elaborate on that more as the other steps go. So having that, having a plan first. I want to work these techniques or this series of techniques, and with these type of responses. And then the next step would be pick a good training partner. Um, 
So you get to be a little picky and a little selective, you know, if you're in a perfect ideal situation. You know, and that good training partner might change from the technique you want to do. You know, like, oh, this guy's really good in this position. I like to drill this on him today because he's going to give me the correct responses. He's going to know how to feel. Um, so that, that's a good one. And, and then the first step in actually drilling a move is no resistance. Like, you don't want your, your uki or your partner to be a limp noodle and just flopping all over, but you don't want him fucking resistance because you got to get the big major movement patterns down before you apply resistance. And that's something you see beginners fuck up a lot. You know, I was teaching class, uh, I think it was Tuesday night, and it was the advanced class, and I warned everybody, I was like, hey, it's going to be a fast-paced class, this is the advanced class, and there was, you know, some noobs in there, and I look over, and, you know, we're, we're doing some of the deep half stuff that Pimenta showed at the seminar, and I was, it was at the point where we were doing the deep half pass, you know, the, like the Pimenta pass, sit back onto the hip, and the, these two white belts, this one white belt guy was... Like, just grabbing this guy's leg and squeezing it for everything it's worth and not everything it's worth and not letting the guy change the angle. Get to, I'm like, hey, man, we're not doing anybody any good here. <laughs> like, you squeezing that leg like your life depends on it. Like, you got to let him do the move. And you got to, I don't want you just to lay there, but you can't fucking, like, not let him do the move. And that one, like, to me, it always seems like it would be common knowledge, but it's not. No. It's, it's not. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I got to check myself to not fucking like yell at somebody when I see that because it, it gets a little frustrating for me when I see it. And I'm, But yeah, so no resistance. That's a big one because you got you to figure it out first before you start defending it. Um, the next one is, so like say you are doing a deep half sweep. There's benefit into drilling... Like, when you're first doing the sweep, just get yourself in a deep half, maybe. Don't worry about how you're getting there. Like, the setup is what I call it. But then, okay, once you get the the sweep down, okay, now drill a setup. I think that's important. And I think people fuck that up a lot of times. Like, oh, I want to work, you know, wherever it is, you know, a closed guard sweep or a deep half sweep or something. They don't think about how they're going to get there. They just get themselves there and then do the move. Then when it comes time to really put it into action, like they don't see the the road signs uh, on the map, like oh this is where I get here, this is where I get here. Yeah. So this, the setup's part of it. I, th- I think people kind of fuck that up sometimes. They don't think about the setup of it. And then, so like this kind of goes back to the first step. You know, you have a good training partner and you explain to them the type of responses that you would want. So then once you get all those other steps in line, now you're starting and you're getting the setup, you're getting the sweep down. Okay, so now you tell them, hey, give me this response, like base here. And so you start structure. Give me this response. Okay, and then say, say, there's, say there's two responses to this move. You say, give me this response. So you drill that a few ways. Give me this response. Give me this response. Okay, give me this response. Boom, give me this, give me this, give me this. And then once you get those on your belt, then they just tell them to pick it at random. Okay, either, either respond this way or respond this way. And then you got to have an answer for either one of those. Um. I th- again, I think that's a step people miss too. Is it? So then you start, you, you're reacting to a little bit of randomness. It, it is random, but not completely random. Yeah. Like you have an idea, but it, it gets you thinking properly. I, I think that's a really good step for drilling too. And then that goes into 
you know, where you start getting into a little more increased resistance and then like your positional sparring type stuff. Yeah. But so yeah, if you put those other steps in line, you know, no resistance, good training partner, doing the setup properly, and then proper responses, not just flopping over some fucking stupid bullshit, what would normally happen. And then once all those are down, then you can start putting a little little bit more speed to it and then a little more resistance. And then that you're then you're in a positional sparring, you know, just like we talked about. Like, say you start in a half guard, and then once you pass, or once I sweep, it just resets right back to there. And then you, then you can kind of you know grow on that a little bit. Like, okay, I actually have a little bit more of a fight here. This guy can actually do submissions. You know, you just slowly start building on it until eventually you're into a full on just slapping hands and going, and you can try to implement that move. You know, but but it's all building blocks because. It, like I think a lot of people fuck up drilling. They just kind of go through the motions and do the move, and then they never have like any positional sparring time or this or that. And then they just try to do it when they're wrestling, and it never fucking comes. They can't ever do it. Yeah. Because they don't know how to get there, and they never did it with resistance. They never did it with real reactions. And so I, I think when you're really learning to move to really get it into part of your game, you gotta kind of go through all those steps. And yeah. It's it's a win. When you're more a senior student and you're running the way class is set up, it's easy to put all those in place. And when you're just a white belt learning, it's harder. But it's at least it's something to think about and trying to get the most out of you know milk and practice for all it's worth. Yeah. It's, but yeah, nuts. No, it's, it's good. Uh, good advice. Yeah. Yeah, getting the most out of that. Getting the most out of drilling. I think that um, and two just uh, you know the plan having uh, some sort of context. I was telling somebody it's uh, like the man the hardest part of jujitsu is that it's you have no context yep. for the moves when you first start right like we're showing you an arm bar and that's where the the infinite what if questions come from because like you just have no context for it so you're just like well what about this and what about this and what about this and it's like man just learn the move learn the move you don't have any context just do it and then that's where you just time on the mat and then it gives you context for stuff and then that's where you start to you know figure out what do I need to work on this is always happening to me okay well let me figure out an answer for that let me ask somebody and then yeah go through like the process that you just laid out like okay this I'm always getting you know the freaking my guard pass and so okay here's a good I need to get you know leg lasso and work on my my lasso guard and so I want to you know, you have like a specific reason for why you're working on shit, I think is kind of the the other thing is like, okay, you go through all that, but then you say, well, okay, why were you doing that? And you're like, eh, I don't, I don't know, it just seemed like fun. I saw the move and it looked cool. Okay, well, that's that's great, but like, did you, is this actually helping like plug a hole mm -hmm. in your game or, you know, or, or you're, you're purposefully adding a weapon to your arsenal because you're like, you're doing it intentionally and so... Um, but yeah, like how, using using reality to help guide your uh, your training um, is is helpful. But yeah, yeah, when you're doing it, like it is hard to do all those those steps. But the main ones I think are you know having the plan and then um, you know thinking about not just the move itself, but how you're getting to the move. Yep. And then also like how you're gonna deal with reactions to the move. It's it's those two ends where like you're saying people get lost. They'll focus so much on the move 
and they'll forget like man I've got to get there and they're not just going to sit there and let me do it I got to have an answer for for their uh, for what they're going to do and like that's where you get really effective with a move when you start understanding how it fits in the bigger context of jujitsu I guess that was kind of the point is like without context that move doesn't really mean anything so any of that context like comes just from you know, time on the mat yeah you gotta yeah, put yeah. Time in. yeah and I realized that as I was as I was thinking about this and writing this stuff down to me it's just and I know to you it seems like very simple common sense steps but I, I get that to a new person like it's kind of a convoluted fucking process yeah. yeah, it needs to be like chunked more. Like it, it shouldn't. Like if I was to really break this down for a beginner, like, hey, this is what you should do to make drilling effective. I would boil this down to like those three steps. You know, pick a technique, the setup, and answers to some common responses. Yeah, and then I the rest of the stuff is kind of getting into the weeds. Yeah, you know, getting get into the details yeah. a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, that's the main. I think that's the main thing. And um, yeah, and then you know the positional sparring because that's a good. Uh, it's it's those live random reactions that you need, but you got to have a, a basic idea of the move in the first place. So, right. you know, it's it's uh, but then you fucking pick on white belts. Yep. And go from there. And pick on blue belts. And pick on blue belts. Yeah. yeah. And just work your way up the food chain. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's the uh, that's the way to do it. So, no man, practice is super important. But if you're not, it's that intentional. Um, practice I mean, everybody talks about that dude that 10,000 hours rule that thing is uh it's fucking hilarious how many people talk about that like it's, it's an actual thing mm-hmm. and it's like dude it's not a fucking thing like you just yeah just it, came up with it to sell some books yeah it, it was the average number from a study mm-hmm. and again like I always joke about this the average is the number that nobody got mm-hmm. like no one got the average everyone got more everyone got less and then you add those all up and you divide it and you come up with the average so no one actually took 10,000 hours to achieve mastery that that that's the irony of that rule is if you understand where it came from you understand that actually that no one hit that number you had people I remember in the book one of the books that, that uh, um, was kind of debunking that myth um, looked at like you know you had chess masters that put in like two to three thousand hours and were masters and you had one dude who it took him twenty thousand hours to become to get to that level grandmaster, the grandmaster right. right but it's just people throw that number out there like you need to hit ten thousand hours of practice and you'll master this and it's like that's bullshit you need to put in there's no fucking number there is no number you need to be putting in intentional practice as often as you can and the rest will fucking take care of itself. Like maybe you're a freak and it takes you 2,000 hours. Maybe you're a little denser and it takes you 20,000 hours. But like if you try to focus on a specific number that I need to, to do it, it it's, it's really taking away from what that meant, which is like, no, these people were just, they didn't give a fuck about that. Every day they woke up and they were obsessed with what do I do today to get better? What do I do today to get better? So, you know, I'm a fucking popular dude. People calling me, uh, yeah, it's twice. I never get fucking phone calls. I work hard at that. If you were professional, you'd have, you'd have your phone on, do not disturb, or silent. I know, man. Is that right? Well, the problem is, is I, uh, you know, um, usually don't get calls, so I don't think about it until after the fact. So now no one will call me. But uh, 
So anyways, yeah, you got to have that intentional practice. And don't worry about how many hours it takes. Just fucking put in the time. Yep. You can't fast forward it. There's no hacks. There's no hacks. There's no shortcuts. No, there's no shortcuts. So don't fucking there's look no for him. Tim Ferriss did not write the four-hour jiu-jitsu. No, no. But uh, not if, like, mastery is your goal, right? Like, remember, there's, like, different goals for different people. Like, you have, you know, people who... It doesn't... You can become an 80% expert at something relatively easy. Not, you know, it depends on what it is. Like, 80% rocket science expert is going to take more effort than becoming, like, an 80% fucking Pokemon expert, right? I don't know, actually, now that I'm into the Pokemon universe. Um, But, you know, you you can get to that 80% level... And and then you're like better than most people, and that's the thing. Like guys like Tim Ferriss, like he's not trying to become a master of anything. He's a he's, he's a generalist, and that's great. You know, people have an argument for that. But I, if you wanting to master something in your life, you can't take the four hour fucking body, the four hour work week. You know that that hack your way to uh, to success approach. Like that's just not the way to mastery. And so that, but if you're in something that you don't give a fuck about mastering, I just need to get confident at this so I can add it to my skill set so I can use it. Like, yeah, go that route. I'm all about the fucking hacks and the the shortcuts, the shortcuts and stuff. If it's if it's something like that, but it's just the problem is when people can't distinguish between those two things, and they're just they're trying to master shit that they don't need to, and they're driving themselves nuts and spending way too much energy and effort, or they're applying this fucking bullshit hack mindset to like jujitsu, like something that this doesn't work. Like this is mastery. The only way you're ever going to get where you want to go is fucking mastery. And they're two different pathways. So, um, practice is part of both of them. Yep. So there you go. Speaking of which, man, you know, there was a study I found on the use of YouTube for BJJ. There was a study on it? A study. Somebody actually did a study. Oh man, I want to hear this. And, uh, dude, it's hilarious. It is from the, uh, <clears throat> The Jomec Journal, Journalism, Media, and Cultural Studies okay. Journal. So again, there's a lot of different journals out there. You can get studies published in, you know, some are easier to get published in than others, right? So this isn't exactly like fucking the Harvard, <laughs> uh, whatever, medical journal here. Um, but what is it called? It's called For Many Masters to Many Students. YouTube Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu's and Communities of Practice. And so, it was just like, it was a weird, uh, him just like writing a fucking story about like how people use YouTube for Jiu-Jitsu techniques and then making an argument that it's uh, it's good for the Jiu-Jitsu community because it allows people to, and it's good, we've talked about this too, right? Like, it's just funny they did a study on this, right? And it, uh, it allows people to access information and techniques and, mm-hmm. and, and minds uh, that they would not have access to usually. Mm-hmm. And so, and then you, you can uh, develop a, uh, um, you know, if you're using it properly. I didn't quite get his communities of practice thing. Like he's implying that, that, that YouTube channels develop a community of where people encourage each other to practice. And I, I've kind of found the fucking opposite of that. Like the heaviest YouTube users tend to be the ones most allergic to practice. Mm-hmm. People either watching YouTube and not practicing, not, not actually doing it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't. I, I found that interesting. His conclusion there, but uh, I just thought you'd find it interesting that somebody actually took the time to write a 15-page 
fucking research article and then have it submitted and then someone actually peer reviewed it and got it published in a medical journal or a, a, a journal. I don't want to say medical journal because that's you only disparage medical journals. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, on YouTube and jujitsu. It's interesting. Yeah, but yeah, there wasn't anything really uh, that. What is it? I don't know. I, yeah. I didn't see. I didn't see a car out there. Well, there's oh, there is a truck out there. It's not a delivery guy. Is there? Yeah. yeah. I don't know who it is. Day in the life of the Wilsons on the podcast. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I'm back. After fucking telling old boy, I forgot about him. <laughs> no, it's the the solar um people. Like I, uh-huh. it's one of these companies that. The, 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 console, yeah, maybe. it does the console. You know, they're going to take a look at my bill and let us know. Because, I mean, mean, yeah, it can make, you know, sense. I mean, the freaking, they got all the government write-offs and shit. Like, I remember my dad. Speaking of that, I'm going to interrupt you so I don't forget. You know who at our jiu-jitsu gym who's pretty experienced with solar? Who? And could actually help you install it and save you a shit ton of money? Who? Thomas. Really? Like Thomas and Phaedra. Huh, interesting. Yeah. He's, he's, I guess he's, he's installed. That's what he used to do. Like I was talking to him the other night. He's installed hundreds, hundreds of solar systems. Interesting. He knows. Yeah. He could, he could save you a ton of money. Okay. Well, we'll talk to, yeah. we'll talk to him. So, but yeah, I feel bad, man. Cause I usually, I hate to waste people's time. Yeah. And so, uh, what happened though is that I made an appointment for last Friday and they had to call and change it to two. And I forgot that Z actually gets out of school at two mm-hmm. o'clock on Fridays. He usually gets out at four and they have early release on Fridays for some reason. I don't know. And uh, so I had to call and, and change it and I just forgot to put it in my calendar. And so, and yeah, I hate wasting people's times. I hate when they do it to me, right? Like I, if, if I expect people to respect my time, yep. I need to respect theirs. And so I usually, uh, I, yeah, I don't like to just do that. So. But he was a nice guy, so we'll uh, we'll make another appointment and see if we can save some money on some solar shit. Are you gonna get some panels installed, Maybe, dude? If it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, my dad had them on his house, and you know, definitely. I'll probably do it eventually. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that it it makes sense if if it, you know the governments are doing the governments, maybe governments. I don't know. The government um, has a lot of subsidies and tax breaks and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. If it makes sense, we're going to do it. Why not? You know, I'm a fan of the earth. Yep. If we can take a little stress take, off take of her. Take care of it a little bit. Yeah, man. Exactly. So. Except for all the conflict minerals that they got to mine over in Uganda. All the child mind. labor laws that are getting your batteries and panels over Listen, here. Listen, dude. How, <laughs> how am I going to have my iPhone and complain about things if I don't have child labor to build those fuckers? Because <laughs> right. I certainly couldn't afford it. That is right. So. Dude, you want to hear? I tell you that uh, the the fucking insurance fiasco oh, no. that we went through. We found out that our, we'd been our insurance had been dropped. Okay. And so, so dude, this whole like you're you're so lucky you work for a company and on some it. level, like you know, there's it, but one of the things, yeah, you don't have to deal with this stuff because we have to shop for our own insurance. And right. so once a year, you have open enrollment, so you can't just like get insurance all year round. It's once a year, and they change the policies every year. So you can't just, you don't just get a policy and then just keep it. Every, every year the policies change. Yep. And so you go to, uh, was it here in Colorado, it's called Connect for Health. And they, based on your income, you get a subsidy, like help with your um, insurance. 
And so, you know, we, we go through that, we do the stuff, and apparently what happened was we had given them an estimate of our income. Then they send, we send the, the W-2 in, the, the confirmation of the number. Someone goes in to update the number. They don't update the number. They add the two numbers together. Yeah, they doubled our income. And of course, doubling your income decreases cha- yeah. changes what fucking bracket you're in right. for the help. And so they said... Why were they... Was this an accident or was this just... Dude, this is the government, man. This is the procedure. This is one of the most... No, this was an accident. This wasn't supposed to happen. But again, this is so government typical stuff. There's no one person who's responsible. Right. You can't say, oh, that person fucked up. That was his mistake. We're going to correct his mistake because that's not your problem. Mm -hmm. No, that'll never. No, 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 no. That it is my problem. My their mistake is my problem, and it's up to me to fucking fix their mistake. And so, but what happened was they sent one email to Kiele. No, no correspondence through the mail, right? One email to Kiele that she can't find. She didn't get. You know, maybe went to spam. She's not sure. But you can't just send an email, yeah. right? Like you need to send a fucking like letter. paper mail too, yeah. letter too. Yeah. They sent one email. And requesting another verification of the income, and then when they don't get it, they just drop us, and they don't even—they don't even send us an email or or a letter. letter no, nothing, dropped. nothing. No, they just dropped us without letting us know, without saying a thing to anyone. And then so what? The way that it works is we get our bill from our insurance company, Rocky Mountain, and they. Uh, so what we do is we have our bill, but we pay our part of the bill. And so Kiele is paying our part of the bill, which is not the full bill. Mm-hmm. And of course, now we're uh, behind on our insurance payments because, from their point of view, you know they're not getting the money from Connect for Health. Connect for Health never communicated with them or us or anything. And so, yeah, after two months of that, they drop us with again no warning, no. no Nothing from Rocky Mountain saying like, hey, you guys are behind on your payments. You know, if you guys don't get caught up, we're going to drop you. Nothing. No, we just got dropped. So we had no insurance for like a month. Didn't know it. And then, uh, yeah, finally, I don't know how it, it got came around, but like Rocky Mountain um, contacted Kiele and, you know, looking for the money. That's right. That's what it was. They Because technically we still owe them money. Right. Even though they've dropped us, they owe us money or we owe them money. So they come looking for their money. That's how we found out what had happened was they're coming to us looking for their money. And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, you've been dropped and you owe us all this money. And we're like, what are you talking about? And so, yeah, we go back and Connect for Health is like, yeah, pretty much fuck off. Like, you know, good luck. And uh, yeah, the answer, their answer is that we have to pay $3,000 which is what we owe uh, to get our insurance reinstated, and that we're lucky that they're letting us do that. Because once you're dropped from your policy, usually you can't get back on until open enrollment the following year. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't just get insurance, like, when you need it. 
If you get dropped from your policy, you can't just go get another policy. Dude, that's this is fucking Obamacare, brother. This yeah. is that fucking bullshit Obamacare is See, what it is. Man, that's, that's so weird to me because, you know, I like, okay, so I work for a huge corporation. And they have open enrollment every year, right? And that's when you elect new plans. Same thing. And I always assumed that, like, the open enrollment shit was just the company guidelines. Nope. No. That's oh, national. I, it's national. National. Huh. Yeah, that's how it works. It's so fucking weird. Yeah. If you're... That's, dude, that doesn't make any sense. You, you, you are... You're just a customer. You're buying insurance for yourself. So they're selling a product that they only sell once a The problem is the government's involved. Like once Obamacare hit, like I don't know if you remember, man, but they yeah. literally, people were signing that and they never read it. Yep. And, and, and people still don't understand the ramifications of it because the vast majority of people in this country are shielded from it because they work for a company. Right. The company's dealing with it, but they're not dealing with it. Yes, yeah, so I, I don't know. The and do that, it has turned the insurance game, the insurance fucking thing like it's it's crazy dude it's so expensive it is such a hassle to deal with it is out of fucking control and it is a hundred percent because of this Obamacare fucking bullshit and where they turn insurance into health care mm-hmm. is what they did and they're not the same thing and, and fucking ignorant assholes out here who don't understand the difference or have blown the fucking system to pieces. You can't take an insurance system and make it a healthcare system. They're not the same thing. And, you know, so, yeah, here I am, me and my family. They're, it's like, we're, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm not rich. Like, three grand is not, like, oh, nothing, right? But I'm lucky. I'm in a position where, like, that's not going to cripple me. I'm sitting here thinking, like, dude, what would I do? If I was just like a normal Joe Blow, living paycheck to paycheck, I just found out that my family has no insurance through no mistake of my own, and my only answer is to come up with three grand. And here's the other thing. Until Connect for Health fixes the problem, we have to continue to pay the entire premium. They should should be able to fix problems like that. No, man. They should be. But getting the government to admit that they made a mistake in fixing it is... Impossible. impossible man because there's no one person who's responsible like it's it is fucking insane anyone who thinks of getting the government involved with anything is a fucking moron but dude the government's not efficient at anything it's not efficient at anything it's, like, it's efficient at taking your money right that's it and wasting it and wasting it and so yeah we thought putting them in charge and giving them all this fucking power over the insurance system was going to fix something and it's like, dude, it is, it's just, it's fucking horseshit. It's disgusting when I really think about it. And, and I have no, I'm powerless, man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want it, but I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. It's nope. part of the system now. And, and if you want your family to have insurance. I have no choice. I can't I have zero choice. They've, they have taken away all choice that we used to have. And the answer was not Obamacare. It was deregulating it so that you could sell insurance to other states. Like, that was the problem. Was Like, if you were in Colorado, I couldn't buy insurance from a company based in New York, even if they had better rates and everything and all that stuff. So you didn't have true competition in the insurance industry like you do in other industries. And so that was part of the problem. It wasn't, you know... We need Obamacare and the government to step in and start fixing it. It's like we actually need 
to deregulate it a little bit. We need to open up the competition. We need to get rid of the fucking lawyers and the lobbyists who are, you know, uh, pushing all this shit. And because again, like insurance is so fucking expensive because it's so easy to sue people. So doctors, it's just, it's fucking, it's just insane, man. It's insane. So, but yeah, they're, yeah, we got caught up in that nonsense. It sucks. It sucks, man. It sucks. You're just powerless. When's open enrollment? Kids, you just... Beginning of the year. Oh. Oh, it's months away, months man. Away, so yeah. It's too much of a gamble to wait. Oh, yeah, I can't get... Not with, maybe if it was just me, yeah, just but not you, with my family. Not, not with a six-year-old crazy boy running around. Fucking, it's insane. Yes. And it, like I said, it's just, there's nothing. Like, if I would have gone into the hospital and, you know, he gotten hurt and I take him into the hospital... And they're like, oh, you don't have insurance. Mm-hmm. Then, like, I owe that money. Like, you know, the insurance, there's no fixing it. You know, we go back and we show Connect for Health fucked up. Shouldn't they have to pay for this? Nope. No, they won't. they won't. It's just, like, that's what could have happened. Like, I could have just gotten fucked over 20 times over, and there's nothing. There's no recourse at all because it's just some fucking nameless, faceless government entity that some fucking assholes put into place without knowing what they were really doing. That's so frustrating. You know, I was actually just reading that. There was a statistic the other day. I forget what percentage of people that get put into financial ruin or bankruptcy just from one major medical expense. Yeah. Well, you know, a car accident or something like I just did. Like go through a knee surgery or something. Like how many people that just fucking ruins. I read that because then it made me feel really grateful, you know, because I... I'm pretty financially responsible, and you know, dude, I've been off work for six months, and it hasn't ruined me. But there's a lot of people that something you go through something like that, and just they're done. Yeah, they're just fucking toast. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, whew. yep, yeah, and yeah, it's uh, the other thing too, man. I'm a goddamn minority. I'm an American Indian, you motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you guys are fucking with a minority here. <laughs> So I want to do. Like, ain't you guys fucked my people enough? Nope. Nope. Not enough. No. You just gotta get get me too, huh? Here's a small pox blanket. Yeah. <laughs> and no Dude. insurance. Yeah, no insurance. Exactly. Like that's yeah. So, anyway. It's frustrating. Fuck you, Obama, and your Obamacare. You you weren't a horrible president, but that was a terrible piece of legislation, and you have fucked a bunch of people's lives up uh, because of it. So thank you very much. We appreciate you. I know. You rule out a plan like that. None of those assholes that voted for it, they don't go through Obamacare. Nope. Uh, they, they have their own insurance shit for senators and the president and all that stuff. So they they, 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 they fucking force something on all of us that they don't have they to don't participate have to, in. They don't have to deal with. Nope. Yeah. So they have no idea what it's like to have to deal with. Nope. And a good majority of the people, I mean, are people like me that work for somebody that don't have to deal with it. Yep. And so you just, you're voting for something that you have zero... It's really zero skin in the game. Well, again, because they, you know, oh, this evil insurance company dropped this person when, you know, they got cancer. Okay, that's terrible. I don't want that. Like, okay, like, there's there's got to be some answer to that. But, like, you know, the, the feeling that I get is that anyone who who was not being harmed under the old system was somehow complacent to all of the harm that was being done by that system. And so now we've got to set the system up to harm them. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to take the harm away from the people that were being harmed, 
but not in a way where everyone is fucking being taken care of. We got to fuck over the people who weren't being hurt by the last system because they obviously deserve it. Like, that's exactly what it feels like. Is like, what did I do? Like, why is my insurance so much more expensive? Why is it so much harder to get? Why is all this bullshit happening? I didn't do anything. And it's like, well, you know, you were part of the old system where they were denying fucking people insurance. So obviously, you know, you deserve to pay extra now. Or I don't know. I don't know what it is, but that's what it feels like. So It's frustrating. It is, man. It's very frustrating. It is. You feel like your own government is fucking out to get you. But a lot of times I think they are. They are, man. I think they are. So, anyways, there you go. My fucking rant on Obamacare. It's not the first time. No. Probably won't be the last. Nope. So, I got one more little bro science thing I wanted to throw at you. So, uh, a study broke down the work and rest stuff for jujitsu. Okay. So, there's 117 seconds of effort. For every 33 seconds of pause. Okay. And that within the effort, it consisted of blocks of 30 seconds of low intensity effort with two to four seconds of high intensity effort. So, does that make sense? Yep. And uh, anyway, this found it's kind of interesting that they can like kind of quantify the amount of effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, for every, it's basically. I mean, not that, like, 100, we just go, like, 120 seconds of work to 30 seconds rest. I mean, that's basically a 4 to 1, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, 4 to 1 work to rest ratio. So, for every 4 seconds of work, you're only getting 1 second of rest. And then, within that, it's uh, basically, like, 90% um, kind of a low-intensity effort interspersed with, you know, 10% of that being high intensity effort and uh i would say that that that's pretty rings pretty true hey i would say that yeah Yeah. sounds about right yeah if you're doing jiu-jitsu properly so to speak yeah yeah but it is a lot of jiu-jitsu is that like kind of slow grinding and then you see your opportunity and you move Move, and then it's another slow slow grind grind and some tension and then, yep. and then move. Yep, it's not. It's not like wrestling. No. It's then you know you know freestyle wrestling. It's boom, 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 fast pace. Yeah. It's different, different sport. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, but again, just you know, I don't, hmm. I don't know why I find that shit fascinating. <laughs> there was one. The other one I thought was really interesting was uh, they were studying the BJJ competition thing, and they found that like between matches your max grip strength would drop towards the end, but your grip strength endurance didn't drop. Didn't we talk about this last time? I don't know. I don't think we did. I think we, we talked about a grip strength. It was something with grip strength, but like this was different because like, this was, I was like, oh, there's a difference between max and the endurance. So they were uh-huh. testing like how much the max you could do, but then they were testing the endurance as well. And so they find that your max grip strength drops off but this was the first study that I'd looked at where they, they actually looked at the, the endurance, the endurance side. side as well. And so the endurance wasn't dropping off. It was just the max grip strength. The endurance is way more important. It's way more important. Than jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you don't necessarily have to squeeze the life out of something when you grab it. Right. You just got to have enough to hold on to it and maintain that. Yeah, yeah. And then they were looking at uh, that um, the markers of fatigue were increasing 
but people's RPE didn't really change and their pace didn't change. And in fact, they found that during the last of the four simulated matches, um, people actually had like a higher pace and were throwing, you know, more effective attacks, uh, you know, and submissions. And so, uh, again, just kind of interesting because they're, they're, the, the hypothesis was that you would see a decrease as the fatigue set in, you would see people slow down, you know, less effective attacks being executed, but they uh, found that it didn't really matter, man. Just the jiu-jitsu guys are, we're just like a fucking, you know, bulldozer. Cyborgs. Yeah, man. <laughs> Keep going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not the most explosive motherfuckers in the world. But we don't stop. Just so keep going. Yeah, that pace. It's, pace here. Yeah, kind of fine. Like, that's the thing is, again, it kind of rings true. I feel like people find their pace. Mm-hmm. You know, you get your own personal pacing strategy. And because of the nature of jujitsu, you're not really like, it's hard to go all out. And so, uh, you know, you can, but it's just, it's, I don't know, like a match. I don't know. It's like, anyways, so you're, uh, yeah, you tend to kind of keep that same, same pace. You know, fatigue doesn't really affect your performance quite to the same degree as it does in um, a lot of other sports. But I can see that. Yeah. Unless your game is really based on high output. And explosive, fast moves. Yeah. You know, if you come from more of a wrestler background, like we train with guys like that. Yep. They have a lot of experience wrestling, and they and they are just a faster pace. Constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that falls off. Yeah. Yeah, you can notice. Yeah, those those it's kind not, of guys. It's not sustainable. Right. They fall off two, three minutes in. Yeah. Slows down significantly. But again, these guys they were studying were uh, um, they were high level brown belts mm-hmm. that were like you know getting ready to be promoted. And so that's why they were doing like the 10 minute um, matches, like simulating the black belt competition. But uh, yeah, I'd say, you know, if you're a brown belt and you're competing, because even they've got to do eight minute, nine minute matches. I think so. Yeah. So you, you've probably figured out a pacing strategy by that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, you still see some guys that rely a lot on like that speed and athleticism, but it's just, it's not nearly as common in jujitsu. As in a lot of other sports, so it's uh, the gi is the great equalizer. Yep, embrace the gi. Yeah, hell yeah. It slows those young punks down a little bit. It does, man. Grips. Grip. It's a whole nother game going on, and they don't even know there's a game being played. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know. Cool, man. That's all I got. That's for, all I got, uh, man. About all popped out, yeah. All the ridiculousness to, yeah. Still a little disturbed that I thought I wasn't the norm with the peeing sitting down. I just that's funny. It's funny that you thought it was normal, and it's funny that it bothers you. (laughs) Like the whole thing's funny. (laughs) That's like one of those. I don't know that I would have an opinion on whether what I was doing was normal, and then. I didn't yeah. really until I heard this conversation going on on another podcast just recently. I guess so, yeah. Then it brought it to the front of mind. I was like, huh. I just thought this was standard yeah. practice. It's like the, what does it feel like being wrong? It feels like being right right up until you realize yeah. you're wrong. <laughs> like, what does it feel like to be abnormal, Rob? Well, it feels pretty normal right up until you realize that you're abnormal. That's yeah. I'm having trouble digesting <laughs> I thought it was normal. I thought it was normal. So that's I get these little flashes every once in a while where I think I'm normal and then something happens that makes me realize maybe I'm not. Happens more often than not. Yeah, you don't want to be normal. Then I just reframe it, and I'm normal again. 
Well, it's everybody else's fault. That's right. Everybody See, else is off. They're off. You've got to figure it they out. You've got to figure it out. They just don't know yet. It's like the... Uh, now, here's the real question. When you sit down, are you facing the tank <laughs> or away from the tank? Away from the tank. Okay, see? <laughs> you can use that to like put your book down. <laughs> then maybe I will start doing that. That makes more that's, sense. That's not a bad idea. Right? I mean, you got this little shelf sitting right you can, there. You can set up a little stand, shelf, yeah. everything. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, so. But I think we should end it right there. All right, we'll leave it at that. All right, see you. See you. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Times two, no clue, but soon a brief monsoon might give you a view to choose. Stay tuned, include, won't conclude. To the end is near beware, there's consequences for what you do. To me, demon, the devil of many levels, I keep on feeding for several of them rebels. Me, myself, he died. Me, myself, he died.